0: Thank you.
1: And you may be seated, and the children may head to Children's Church. Praise the Lord. As you know, I got to spend a little time down there with Children's Church for a few weeks to, uh, to see what was going on. And I, I have to say, it was a blessing to get to be down there and to spend that time uh, down there hearing, hearing our teachers teach and our children respond. And you know what? They're responding in a great way. They're, they're answering, they're, they're, giving, they're giving answers that are um, in line with a biblical worldview. So I praise the Lord that they are, um, they are building and growing in that way and going to gonna be able to answer things that come in their life um, with the Bible as a, as a foundation, as a foundation of their answer, as a foundation. So, so thankful for that. Um, Scott, forgive me, um, you probably did not read this card. Um, so let me, let me read this card to you. This is, um, and for those of you that had a part in this, you'll, you'll know about this. Dear Mission Community Church, Mac and I would like to thank all of you the women that did the yummy cooking and the men and families that afforded her the time to do so. Not only were we blessed by the good food. AND ONE LESS THING TO WORRY ABOUT, BUT GREATER THAN THAT WAS HAVING THE BODY OF CHRIST REACH OUT AND TAKE CARE OF EACH OTHER. IT DID NOT MATTER THAT WE DO NOT ATTEND THE SAME CHURCH BUILDING, BUT YOU BLESS THE BROTHER AND SISTER IN THE CHURCH OF JESUS CHRIST FOR THERE IS ONLY ONE CHURCH. WE THANK YOU FROM THE BOTTOM OF OUR HEARTS. YOUR THOUGHTFULNESS WAS ESPECIALLY NICE. LOVE IN CHRIST MELISSA AND MAC MCLAREN AND NOAH. And uh, you know that Jake comes and fills in for um, our praise team from time to time. And so, so we know Jake, but this is, uh, this is Melissa and Mac. And so um, they're just so thankful that um, you ladies stepped up and helped them with uh, meals during Melissa's recovery from her back surgery. And uh, so just wanted to share that, share that with you. Well, I, um, I've missed getting to stand here. For a few weeks, but yet, but yet, it's been good. It's been good to um, give others the opportunity to stand and to uh, share from the Book of Acts and to um, and to just take this journey. Take this journey that we're on as as this, um, as this newly named, newly branded church that we now are <clears throat> known as Mission Community Church. This journey that we're on you know it's it's a it's a in a in many ways it's a new beginning for us and and so um, I thought it most appropriate most appropriate to go to that place in God's Word where the church was birthed where the church was birthed and the and the history of the early church and the, and the um, acts of the Apostles the acts of those, of, of those leaders in the church were, um, were used mightily by God. And so, um, last week you heard about Stephen, this man full of faith, this man full of the Holy Spirit. The, this man that fa- found himself in dispute with others over his faith. And over, over the answers to his faith. You know, I just said that our children in children's church are learning how to, learning how to give biblical answers to the things that they face. And, and we all need that, do we not? And we, and we all need to be ready to give a defense for the faith that is within each one of us. The hope that each one of us have. We need to be ready to give a defense for that. And you know what? We never know what will happen when we give that defense, do we? We never know what will happen. You, you know, we have laws in our in, in our nation. We do. We have we have laws that protect all of us. That protect all of us, and will also will also hold us accountable if we break those laws. You, you know, and and. And, and what, you, what you have to realize is the, the difference in the culture, the difference in the time with which Stephen lived, and the difference in the time with which we live. Because you understand that today, the same laws that protect us protect the false prophets and the false teachers. You understand that? The same laws that protect us protect the false prophets and the false teachers. When we think about, um, because I don't expect, I don't expect anyone to drag me out and to stone me because of what I preach. But if that did happen, then there would probably be an accounting for that. In a different way today than it was for Stephen. In a different way, because of the way, because of the way our laws are written, and because of what our how our laws protect. And you, you know, when we, I don't know if you completely can get your mind around religious freedom, and what and what what real religious freedom means, as far as our Constitution and our and the laws of our land and the laws of our land defined. Okay, so so I kind of want to give you a little a little um, insight and 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 tell you also tell you also um, you, you know we had a moment of prayer we we men I call it the gauntlet I call it the gauntlet outside on Sunday morning if you get here. When we're out there praying, it's probably pretty intimidating to, to, either, to have to get around us to come inside the building. We, we don't mean to make it that way, but you know what? I praise, God for, I praise God for that group of men for that moment outside praying over what God will do in this place, over what God will do through each one of us. And, and one, of the, one of the things that we prayed about this morning, we prayed about the uh, persecuted church. We prayed about those that are still being martyred for their faith. Because somewhere in this world, somewhere in this world there are there are people that are being martyred for their faith they're they're being imprisoned for their faith and and you know what Scott shared this part about the freedmen, the freedmen and and all the different people you know what they they were prisoners they were prisoners who 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 the romans had probably taken captive at some place sometime some way probably because probably because of whatever faith they had um, it got them arrested because that was that was probably you were, now i didn't live back then and, and i can't i can't um, verify i can't verify this but so much but there was a, there there were a whole lot of people being arrested for their faith and their willingness to share anything about their faith in that day you know, thus far, thus far, though there was one time in Mexico that I thought I was close. There was one time in Mexico I thought I was close, but I've never been arrested for my faith. I've never gone to jail for my faith as of yet, as of yet. And uh, so turn in your Bible, Acts chapter 7. Now you have a little bit, a little bit of, of where we're headed, a little bit of where we're headed. But we got, here's the thing, here's the thing. And, and I have to tell you, I have to cover the whole chapter. Have to go through the whole chapter because this one you can't this one you can 't break it up, break it up, and preach through it you got, you 've got to tell the whole story you've got to tell the whole story because Stephen has been brought before the council, and the council was probably made up of many different synagogues they said every group could have their own synagogue whether it um, and, and you know, it was in this Hellenistic culture. It was in this Hellenistic culture that these that these men were chosen, and these men were put into place to help to help the apostles um, t- to to lighten their burden a little bit as far as serving was concerned. And look at where Stephen finds himself. Look at what Stephen. Look at what Stephen does, and what happens because of what he does. I I still venture to say. I still venture to say, if this happened to one of us today, I wonder what would happen to the church. If what we're about to see happened to one of us today, what would happen to the church? Let's read. Chapter 7, the book of Acts. Then the high priest said, are these things so? And he said, Brethren and fathers, listen, the God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia, before he dwelt in Haran, and said to him, Get out of your country and from your relatives and come to a land that I will show you. Then he came out of the land of the Chaldeans and dwelt in Haran. And from there, when his father was dead, he moved him to this land in which you now dwell. And God gave him no inheritance in it, not even enough to set his foot on. But even when Abraham had no child, he, pro- he promised to give it to him for a possession and to his descendants after him. But God spoke in this way, that his descendants would dwell in a foreign land and that they would bring them into bondage and oppress them 400 years. And the nation to whom they will be in bondage, I will judge, said God. And after that, they shall come out and serve me in this place. Then he gave him the covenant of circumcision. And so Abraham begot Isaac and circumcised him on the eighth day. And Isaac begot Jacob, and Jacob begot the twelve patriarchs. And the patriarchs, becoming envious, sold Joseph into Egypt. But God was with him and delivered him out of all his troubles and gave him favor and wisdom in the presence of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he made him governor over Egypt and all his house. Now a famine and great trouble came over all the land of Egypt and Canaan, and our fathers found no sustenance. But when Jacob heard that there was grain in Egypt, he sent out our fathers first. And the second time Joseph was made known to his brothers, and Joseph's family became known to the Pharaoh. Then Joseph sent and called his brother Jacob and all his relatives to him, 75 people, so Jacob went down to Egypt and he died he and our fathers and they carried and they were carried back to Shechem and laid in the tomb that Abraham bought for a sum of money from the sons of Hamer, the father of Shechem But when the time of the promise drew near which God had sworn to Abraham the people grew and multiplied in Egypt till another king arose who did not know Joseph This man dealt treacherously "...with our people and oppressed our forefathers, making them expose their babies so that they might not live. At this time Moses was born and was well-pleasing to God, and he was brought up in his father's house for three months. But when he set out, Pharaoh's daughter took him away and brought him up as her own son. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds." Now, when he was 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended and avenged him who was oppressed and struck down the Egyptian. For he supposed that his brethren would would have understood that God would deliver them by his hand, but they did not understand. And the next day he appeared to two of them as they were fighting and tried to reconcile them, saying... "'Men, you are brethren. Why do you wrong one another?' But he who did his neighbor wrong pushed him away, saying, "'Who made you a ruler and a judge over us? "'Do you want to kill me as you did the Egyptian yesterday?' Then at this same, Moses fled and became a dweller in the land of Midian, where he had two sons. And when forty years had passed an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of the fire in a bush in the wilderness of Mount Sinai. When Moses saw it, he marveled at the sight, and as he drew near to observe, the voice of the Lord came to him, saying, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses trembled and dared dared not look. Then the Lord said to him, Take your sandals off your feet, For the place where you stand is holy ground. I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their groaning and have come down to deliver them. And now come and I will send you to Egypt. This Moses whom they rejected saying, Who made you a ruler and a judge? Is the one who God sent to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hand of the angel who appeared to him in the bush. He brought them out after he had shown wonders and signs in the land of Egypt and in the Red Sea and in the wilderness forty years. This is that Moses who said to the children of Israel, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren, him you shall hear. This is he who was in the congregation in the wilderness with the angel who spoke to him on Mount Sinai and with other fathers, the one who received the living oracles to give to us whom our fathers would not obey, but rejected. And in their hearts, they turned back to Egypt, saying to Aaron, make us gods to go before us. As for this Moses who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And they made a calf in those days, offered sacrifices to the idol, and rejoiced in the works of their own hands. Then God turned and gave them up to worship the host of heaven as it is written in the book of the prophets, did you offer me slaughtered animals and sacrifices during 40 years in the wilderness, O house of Israel? You also took up the tabernacle of Moloch and the star of the god Remphan. "...images which you made to worship, and I will carry you away beyond Babylon. Our fathers had the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness and he, as he appointed, instructing Moses to make it according to the pattern that he had seen, which our fathers, having received it in turn, also brought with Joshua into the land possessed by the Gentiles, whom God drove out before the face of our fathers until the days of David." "...who found favor before God and asked to find a dwelling for the God of Jacob. But Solomon built him a house. However, the Most High does not dwell in the temples made, by ha- made with hands, as the prophet says. Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. What house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or what is the place of my rest? Has my hand not made all these things?" You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who foretold the coming of the just one, of whom you now have become the betrayers and murderers, whom have received the law by the direction of angels and have not kept it. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed at him with their teeth. But being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God and said, Look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears and ran at him with one accord. And they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. It was as if Stephen had just been chosen. It was as if Stephen had just been given had get, been given that office of service, that office to serve to serve the widows and the orphans and, and those and, and, and those that the the apostles, the apostles could not um, they they were trying to be faithful to the word and they were trying to be faithful to prayer and all of those things and and here and here this group, this group was, too, being called upon to give a gospel witness. So, I don't know if we've been doing this for the last few weeks, but I want to ask, anybody got a gospel witness story? Anybody got a gospel witnessing story? Or, 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 have, you, um, or have you forgotten how important that is? Anybody got a story of, of someone that you've spoken to? Cheryl. Well, this wasn't this past week. This has been about two weeks ago when you've been lying. Okay. Amen. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? Anybody else have a conversation? Yes. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? Anybody else have a conversation with someone? Yes, Richard. And remember, and remember as you're having those conversations with those folks of other beliefs, those folks of other religions, you, you, you know what Stephen did here, right? Stephen told, Stephen told them that in the, in the history of Israel, Israel at one point even worshiped the God of Moloch, the, the God of Remphan. I mean, you, you know, there was all these different things because they were looking for whatever God would lead them. They, they it, it was as if, it was as if, um, and, 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 he, and, he was just, and he was just saying, you, you, you know what, you're so wishy-washy, you're so wishy-washy, Here, here's what you got to know. Here's what you got to know. Okay, because we are going to run into people of different religions. We are going to run into people whose God is not our God. We're going to run into people who are going to, are going to make it hard to share the gospel. They're going to make it hard to share the gospel because they're so entrenched in what they believe. Okay? And and but but here but here's the thing, here's the thing that we must, that we must understand. And and, and you know what? We've got to know the truth. We've got to know the truth of the gospel. We've got to know the truth that there is only one true God. There's only one true God, one Most High God. One God of all creation. Hold that thought for one second. And, and 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 when we have that conversation with that person of a different faith, that person of a different belief, it's gonna be like a it's gonna be like a um, a boxing match in a sense. It's gonna be like it's gonna be a bit of a battle in a sense. To to have the conversation. and Yes. You know what? God's going to give us the words. God's going to give us what we need to say to people when we find ourselves in that place. But but in the course of our conversation, let's not be, let's let's be good listeners. Let's be good listeners. But but let's not be accepting. Let's not be accepting. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying there? Don't, don't. Let, let, let's understand let's understand that a person is lost because they do not know God they do not know that there is only one way to the Father and that's through Jesus Christ and Christ Jesus is God Mickey
0: Mm -hmm. To defend why he felt the way he did. Right. Mm-hmm. But it goes to a non-denominational church. I don't know what church that is, but and, you know, I, I think that's something
1: that—that's a, a big deal. That you can lose your salvation. Mm-hmm. And, around and, around and, around. and you know what? I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled to know that we're having these conversations. I'm thrilled to know that we're engaging our culture. We're engaging people with with all of this, and 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 let me just let me just encourage you keep having the conversation keep keep talking and and you know what i i really i really hope i don't i i i may be um maybe i shouldn't say this but i will i hope i don't find out that one of you got dragged got dragged out and stoned i really hope that doesn't happen i really pray that that doesn't happen but you know that that shouldn't stop us that shouldn't stop us. It didn't stop Stephen. And and you, you know what's so you, you know what's so interesting. Um, now I, I'm quite certain that those apostles probably knew those men when they when they chose them to do the role in which they chose them to do. I'm pretty certain they probably knew them. They probably knew what they what they knew and didn't know and things of that nature. But um, how many of us how many of us could state it like Stephen stated it? starting with Abraham, because, because you know what? It, it's almost as if these people that he was disputing with, now he's sitting before the council, the council of the religious leaders. The council of the religious leaders, that's who he's sitting before, and, 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 that, and that those priests are saying, are these things so? And, and, and so Stephen says, well, let me just tell you what is so. Let me just tell you the truth of the matter. And he quotes Old Testament history. In a sense. Or he gives or he gives a he gives a schooling in Old Testament history. In in starting with Abraham and just walking, just walking through it all. And I know that he got to a point where some may say, Oh, Stephen, you probably ought not say that. Oh, Stephen, you probably ought not go there. Oh, Stephen, you you probably ought to just stop while you're ahead. But you know what? When God gets a hold of a man, when God gets a hold of a woman, when God gets a hold of a child, when God gets a hold of somebody, you can't help but to speak the truth of the gospel and the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray that those of us in here who are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that we never that we never get callous, that we never get complacent, that we never become ashamed, that we never think that the gospel is not important. May we never think that. May we always remember when we were saved and what we were saved from and where we are and where we are today. And, 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 and Stephen, Stephen is, an, is eloquent Is eloquent in what he says, and look where it's leading. Look, look where it's leading. Look what's going to happen because of the testimony that he is giving about the Israelites and to these people. Because you know what? He's going to make it personal, is he not? He's going to make it personal. It's already personal because he's laying out to them their history. He's laying out to them their own history. OK? And then he's, and then he's coming, and, and then he's going to bring it around, and he's going to put it right in their lap. And you know what's going to happen? They're going to get mad. They're going to get mad. Folks, there might be people that get mad at us when we share Christ with them. There might be people that that don't want to hear, that don't want to hear the message. That should not stop us. That should not stop us from wanting to share the message. Now, here's what I recommend. I recommend that you look at the situation and you say, what do I do to keep the door open? What do I do to keep the door open? I don't want the door to slam shut. Because you want that opportunity to be able to come back. You want the opportunity to be able to come back, or you want the opportunity for someone else to be able to come along and continue the watering or the weeding or the, or the harvesting. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, so Stephen Stephen walks through this walks through this journey. He tells he tells it the way it is. He doesn't he doesn't water it down. He doesn't um, change it. He doesn't he doesn't do anything except listen. I know about Moses. I know how God used Moses. But let me let me just tell you, it didn't end with Moses. It didn't stop there. You might be stuck in history. You might be stuck at a place in your life. You might be stuck following something that you really can't follow. You hear what you, you hear this? That, that you might be you might be stuck there, but listen, it didn't stop there. And praise God, he made a way. He made a, he made a way for us to come back. He made a way for a lost person to become a saved person. He made a way, and, and, and that way is Jesus Christ. Oh, by the way, Stephen didn't hold back there either, did he? He said, You betrayers and you murderers. You betrayers and you murderers. You, 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 we are sin putting there. Our sin put Him there. He died for us. He died for our sin to be forgiven. He died once and for all. The perfect Lamb of God. The perfect Lamb of God. And Stephen said, you rejected it all. You rejected it all. And and, and then he gets... And and you know, he finishes this thing. You know, he he told them they were stiff-necked. He told them they were... Um, and uncircumcised in heart and ears. In other words, you don't want to hear the truth. You think you know. You, you sit in these positions of power. You sit in these positions of teaching. Back then, they wanted to be the ones that did all the teaching. They wanted to be the ones that did, you, you know, they wanted to tell the people what it was not the people know for themselves what it was okay I encourage I encourage you I encourage you to test us on what we're teaching test us on what we're teaching hold us accountable And then he goes on and, and they, they were just getting madder and madder, and you, you know the, the picture, you got to think about it. when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed at him with their teeth. Now, I will say this, I will say this: this happened at another time, and, and a bunch of people got saved. When this response occurred, a bunch of people got saved. Okay now in this situation, in this situation, it, it seems to go a different way, doesn't it? It seems to go a different way because, you know, they had to follow their cultural norms and their cultural laws and things like that. And one of the things was they couldn't stone, they weren't supposed to stone somebody in the city. So they dragged him outside of the city. They dragged him outside of the city. And because of his faith and because of his testimony and because of what he's just said, because of his words, because of his words, they stoned him to death. And, but, look, but look at it. And, and, and there was something else that happened that, that got him even madder. <laughs> it got him even madder. Okay, so let, let, let's, let's look at that. Verse 55 says, but, be, but he, being full of the Holy Spirit. You know, we were talking, I think it was last Sunday night. Y'all, y'all that were with, with, with me here last Sunday night when Josh was teaching us, um, we talked about what being full of the Holy Spirit looks like. We talked about that. We talked about, we talked about the fact that, that, you know what? You ought, to be a, you ought to be able to see that in a person that's full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. That you ought to be able to see that in a person. I think we had that conversation. I'm pretty sure it was last Sunday. I know I had that conversation. I've just been in so many places here lately. I don't remember where, but I think it was right here on Sunday night we were having that conversation of what it looks like to be full of the Holy Spirit and to be able to and to be able to speak with that kind of power and to be able to speak with that with that with that boldness and that courage and that and, and that emphasis on what needs to be emphasized is the gospel important is the gospel message important is the gospel what people need in their lives is there anything else that you can think of that they need okay now now i know i know if a person is starving to death and i mean physically starving to death then you probably ought to feed them something before you feed them something are you with me if a person is if, if a person has uh, one of their basic needs is not being met then you probably need to help them fill that basic need in some way, shape, or form, and then be ready to feed them what they really need. Okay? You, you hear what I'm saying? And I don't know what the response will be. I don't know what, I don't know what will happen. You, you know, we're pretty safe in this country even though it's harder, I think it's harder in this country to share go- share the gospel with people than it is in foreign countries. I think it's harder here. Even though in foreign countries you might accidentally go to jail and you might accidentally lose your life, but but you know what? I still think it's harder to share the gospel with people here. Because a lot of times you don't even know you don't even you're hearing a person say something to you. And and you know what? We just have to constantly be. We just have to constantly be trusting the Lord and growing in the Lord and growing in His Word, so that we're ready to have the conversation when the conversation comes. But look at what look at what Stephen did. He, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Can you see that? Can you see him? Can you see him as he's being as he's being stoned and as he's being um, beaten by those rocks? And he looks up. He looks up, and heaven has opened up. And he sees and he sees the glory of God. And he and he, and he sees Jesus sitting at the right hand. Of, he sees it. You, you know what? You know what? And it's so, it's so magnificent to him. It's so overwhelming and so overpowering to him that you know what? He he shares it. And he said, Look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Do you think they even looked up? Do you think do you think that they would have wanted to see what Stephen was seeing? Would you like to see that? Would you like to see that? Would you like a glimpse of that? Would you like a glimpse of what Stephen saw? Man, you, you, you know what? Stephen's about to lose his life. Stephen's about to die. And oh, by the way, the only thing they could do, the only thing they could do was kill his body. The only thing they could do was kill his body. And he looks up and he's looking, in, he's looking into heaven as that is happening. As, as, as they're doing, the only thing that they can do, he looks up into heaven and God opens up God opens it up, and he said, I am that I am. You know what? I, you know what? And we, we, I'm not trying to add to Scripture or anything like that. But you know what? When we, when we look up and we see God, we see God in that, in that way, we see the glory of God. And there's Jesus, right where where Jesus is supposed to be. And and exactly the way it's supposed to be, Stephen sees it. And the response of the people is this. Then they cried out with a loud voice and they stopped their ears. They didn't want to hear it. And they ran at him with one accord. Can Can you see that? Can you see the rage? Can you see the anger in people over, over something like this? We've never experienced that. We've never experienced that in this country. Have we? And they charged him. And, they, and, and I would venture to say they started throwing the rocks harder. And I'd venture to say they even started picking up bigger rocks. And they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of the young man named Saul. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord, Jesus, receive my spirit. As he was was about to take his final breath, what was he doing? He was crying out to God. He was crying out to God. And he says, then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, "Lord, do not charge them with this sin. Do not charge them with this sin." And when he had said this, he fell asleep. He fell asleep. And, and 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 you know something? He truly gave his life for his faith. He truly he truly gave it all. Gave it all. And I'm quite certain, and I'm quite certain that those others that had been chosen that there's others that have been chosen to, to serve. I'm quite certain that those apostles. I'm quite certain that it it's it it was okay. Game on. Here we are. This is what it is. This is this is what. This this can be the cost. There is cost to discipleship. There is cost to being a disciple. There is there there is a cost that we have to pay. I listened, where was I? I was at the VA Friday in a training in a training thing. I was at the VA Friday and we were talking about a man who had taken on a who had taken on some type of role. I don't remember what the role was. But because of the role that he took on, his family abandoned him completely. His family abandoned him completely. Now, now, I I want you to understand that there are some, there are some in this world that when they come to Christ, that, that when they come to Christ, we've even had people stand in this pulpit and tell us stories. I remember one man's name was Abraham that stood here on a Sunday and told us a story of his family totally rejecting him when he came out of the Muslim faith and became a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, folks, we we, we really can't fathom this, and I, I asked the question, I said, "What would what would the church look like if this ever happened to one of us? Would there be less people here next Sunday than there are today? Or would the church explode... <laughs> Or would the church literally explode because the Lord gets hold of people? And it becomes more, it becomes more than just something we do on a Sunday morning. <coughs> Stephen is a Stephen was a martyr. Stephen was an example to each and every one of us. And it's the many the many like stephen and there have been many it's the many like stephen that have given their life along the way for their faith that that we that we continue on and that we not lose heart and that we not and, and that we not take for granted the freedoms that we do have and that we and that we share it with everything we got and we share it with anyone and everyone that will that will stop long enough to listen i will never forget that 75 year old man that i met in norfolk i can see his face right this moment and i was sharing the gospel with him and he looked at me with tears coming down his face he looked at me with tears coming down his face and he said and, and, and he had given an answer that would lead me to believe he was lost. And he, and he looked at me and he said, Son, I can't stand here and listen to you any longer. My wife is sick and dying inside of my house. And I have to go back to her. And he turned around and he walked away. And I doubt very seriously because of the number of years ago that was that that man is alive today and i still to this day wonder did he ever say yes to jesus did he ever say yes i can't get that man out of my out of my mind i can't get that man out of my vision i can't he it, it's like he is indelibly inscribed in my brain and in my life for the rest of my life and it's people like that it's people like that that make me that make me go on and keep sharing and keep and keep talking about jesus to anybody that will listen and i pray that's the way you feel i pray that's what you're doing that's the reason i love listening to your gospel witnessing stories let's pray our dear most precious heavenly father lord i thank you for stephen's testimony i thank you for for how the holy spirit Led Stephen to speak as boldly and correctly as he spoke and lord and, and and lord it it has been a it has been a difficult journey it has been it it has been it, it was a tough it was a tough um it was a tough journey Abraham had his troubles Joseph had his Moses had his. The prophets had theirs. Jesus did not have an easy ministry on this earth. But Lord, I praise God for every moment of it. I praise your name for how you have made a way. And, and. We still today, two thousand years after Jesus was crucified on the cross, we still today have a message that we must proclaim. We still have a work to be done. Lord, there truly is a lost and dying world. There, There there is there are scores of people, there are scores of people who who walk day by day thinking that all is okay. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you will die. And Lord, um, and Lord, we know that there is a we know that there is a hope. We know that there is that we know that there is absolute truth, we know that the gospel changes lives. And Lord, I, I pray that we'll I pray that we'll tell everyone. I pray that we'll teach our children and our grandchildren to tell everyone, not fearing, not fearing what man can do, but, but fearing more an eternity apart from God for anyone. So Lord, um, thank you again for Stephen. Thank you for, thank you for how Luke penned. Stephen's story, as difficult as it was, may it continue to impact us and, and, and lead us and, and move us and move us to be bolder in our witness and to, and to seek to know the truth. And Lord, we just, um, we just give you the praise, the honor, the glory. All this, your most precious and holy name, Amen. I don't know what the Lord has said to you this morning. I don't know how how the Lord has spoken to you this morning. The altar is open. Um, you can you can come and you can pray. You can stay and you can pray. You can you can join this church. You can come to Christ. You can. There is any number of things you can come up here and we can pray over whatever you want to pray about. Um, that's what the invitation's all about. The invitation is truly an invitation to just let Jesus do what only Jesus can do in our lives. And, um...